Today on The Girl Defined Show, Kristen and I are about to reveal something that I don't think we've ever revealed before. So way back in the day, over a decade ago, Kristen was falling in love with her amazing husband, Zach. And she was like, hey, he goes to this small church out in Fredericksburg. I really want the whole family to go and just like see his family and see the church. And I was feeling a little bit awkward. Like, okay, I know some of these people, but this is a small church. We're going to be such a grand entrance. Like, hi, we're Kristen's family. Little did I know that at that moment, over 10 years ago, when I pulled up to that church, I would lay eyes on my future husband, but would not realize that he would be my husband for like another eight to nine years later. Y'all, it was crazy. Thinking back and realizing like God has such an incredible plan. He had such an incredible plan. I just had no idea what it was. And when I felt so awkward walking out to that church, meeting, you know, all these people, everyone, you know, excited for Kristen and her, her Zach and look at them. They're so cute. And I'm like, oh, I kind of just want to go home, not realizing like there my future husband is literally steps away. Like, Oh, when we can look back on life and see what God was doing, it's amazing. But it takes surrender in the moment because we don't know what's happening. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun episode, but we're also going to talk about surrender and how even now that's something Kristen and I are both working on. Stick with us because I promise this is going to be an episode that will benefit you and help you grow in your relationship with God so much. Well, hey, sisterhood, it is Kristen and Bethany here. And hearing that intro was making me laugh, especially when you called Zach your Zach. I know. You said Kristen, Zach. Like, what? (laughs) When you're podcasting, weird things come out. Like, where did that come from? My, my Zach. Yes. It is crazy to think back on this. And I don't know if we've ever. I don't think so. So we wrote about, we share your whole story in chapter eight of Not Part of the Plan, our book, which is what we're digging into today, specifically as we dive into the Not Part of the Plan book study book club we have going on. Welcome if you're joining us for that. If not, Join us. Stick around. Go back. Listen to the previous episodes. Grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story, and join us. It's not too late. Go to girldefined.com slash book club. We're so pumped for this. But yeah, thinking back, I remember when you wrote your chapter about when you met Dave, which we're going to get into that story, and it is a great one. That moment you met him and you had no idea he was your future husband, we were at the church where Zach's family was going. Our family was going to a different church in San Antonio at the time. And for anyone who's like, Fredericksburg, like, how do you even say that and what? is that it's a town like an hour away yeah, from small. our hometown like from our hometown like little hometown San Antonio one of the top 10 biggest cities in the country <laughs> no so we were I was driving out there to meet Zach and like I mean not meet him I already knew him meet his whole community I guess yeah. and so Zach and I ended up getting married obviously and then going to that church for a little while okay but you have to share like because people do, if you don't go to a small church you don't always understand how these things work so okay. announce when when they announced that you and Zach were officially in a relationship okay, and the that, whole church cheered that is Tell okay, them about that. Number one, only in a small church yes. would somebody announce that a couple is officially dating. Okay, but tell, share about that because that's the best. Okay. Small churches are the best. I'm trying to even remember that moment myself. Oh, I remember. Okay, it vividly sticks out in your mind. I remember someone like, like, oh, and I don't even know. I think what Zach happened. stood up. And, no, I don't. <laughs> or maybe it was his dad. Okay, so like, why would he I don't share? know. It's a small church, small country church. Yes. And I just remember any, so anyone who gets into a relationship, it's like a big deal. Anyone who has a baby, anything that happens, it's like, a big deal. The news spreads really quick. Everyone knows. And so I remember when Kristen and Zach, like, officially, and they called it courting, you know, back then, because it was very proper. So they, I don't even know how he is. I don't know if it was Zach or his dad. I don't know who announced it. I just remember they announced that, like, <laughs> you were and him were officially in a relationship. And it was funny because you were, like, an outsider. You weren't right. a member. I was not going to this church. I had only visited a few times, I think. Yeah. And so they, it's like you and you're very tall. We're both 6'1". So it's like this huge, tall family and this really tall, blonde girl, like, coming in from the outside and then you know they make the yes. announcement Kristen and Zach are officially in a relationship and literally the whole church erupts in 
cheers. Isn't that the best? Everybody was excited, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I would have received that sort of cheering welcome at any other church in the country. No, I don't know. So maybe so. Funny. For sure not the church we were going to at the time in, in San Antonio because it was a big church. So, like, you're not announcing things like that. Yes. But I thought it was sweet. And I thought yes. the thing about it, I think, looking back even now that I think was sweet about it, is that people were invested in one For another sure. in such a personal way. Like, the relationships were so close. It wasn't just like, oh, everybody knows everybody's business. It was like people really cared about each other. Yeah. Like, small town people's lives are really interconnected and so something like that yeah. like especially a guy like Zach they had many of those people had watched him grow For up sure. and so then to see him like bring his girl to church and like oh who's this girl and then oh they're officially in a relationship like it was a sweet yeah. moment and I did feel a very warm welcome and I am grateful we did get married or else that would have been yes. awkward <laughs> like well Christina is no longer gonna yes. be coming so here. I didn't meet Zach there but that was the church that Zach and I I started visiting and then ended up becoming a member of after yes. we got married and then shortly after that, well, I don't know. Why don't you tell about the first time you met Dave? Yeah. Because that is, I think, so crazy that the first time I was going yeah, I know. to meet all of Zach's community at his church, why were you also coming? Oh, just like for support? For support or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like it was so, I just, I remember the crazy part is these things that you remember. Like we went up there and at that time, like my grandparents had given me their old car, which is like practically 100 years old. Not really, but it was like the oldest car. And for whatever reason... When you got to describe it, it was okay. a classic. It was a classic. And most people are like, why did you get rid of it? But it was a really old, like 19... It was a 1990 Volvo, which... I didn't realize there's like a whole club of people who love this specific Volvo. And like, you know, I would get compliments all the time and when I would drive and offers for people to buy it. Like literally, I drove this car for 10 years after like my grandparents, you know, had driven it. They bought it brand new, had driven it forever. And then they gave it to me and then I drove it for 10 years. But isn't there another piece of this car? A piece of the car? No, a piece of the car that's important. Like someone was born in the back seat or something. What? Wait, am I making that up? I think so. Okay, never mind. Move on. So <laughs> I, it was like such a classic, but I was so embarrassed to drive it. But for whatever reason, I was, we drove that car out to Fredericksburg. I mean, it was such an old car. I'm like, how did it even survive going out how there? How did it make the So I was already kind of embarrassed to be driving it. I nicknamed it the Volvo Crest. So it was a Volvo, but I didn't like it so much that I called it a crest. Like I literally, so it'd be like, oh, the Volvo crest, which is, and sorry, then, sorry, grandpa. <laughs> Later on, it just got named the crest. And the inside yes. was completely falling apart. It was just called the crest. But I'm, I'm telling you, I was a cool kid on the block with... I'm probably mostly the older men, which sounds to the, creepy. the 67-year-old <laughs> retired men who wanted a collector They car. literally, and there are groups on Facebook, like, and people, to, like, if you're, you, you know, if your family has you one know, of these cars, you know. you know. Okay, so anyways, we drive, we drive out to Fredericksburg in that car, but basically Kristen was going to this, you know, kind of had started to go to this church with Zach. And so we were like, we we just want to go. Like, Chris and I are only a year and a half apart in age. We want to go and show our support sisters and, like, meet the community. We knew a few of the people through Zach, yeah. but we really didn't know, like, most of them. And so, like we said, it's a really small country church. They were meeting in a barn at the time. Like, that's how, right. how it was. What I didn't know is that Dave, my now husband, the Beals, their entire family was going to this church as well. And... <laughs> Dave, he shared with me, he remembers when we all got there, because we're like, this is how he he remembers us. We're this extremely tall family. Like, almost everyone is above six feet. Kristen and I are both 6'1". And back then, I was really into the phase of wearing, like, those modern kind of, like, tutu skirts, you know? Like how... Oh, they're like like, tool Yeah, and they're like adult tutus. Like, they're just, you know, like, they were a thing back then. And so 
all Dave said is he remembers like this really tall family coming in and all of these girls standing in a row with like these tool, like really flowy colored skirts. And he was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> but, oh my goodness. Okay, so the crazy okay. the crazy thing though is how old was he in this moment and how old were you? And this is where I get like the internet goes crazy. Like, oh my goodness, how dare she? Okay, so. Yeah, how just, dare you marry him? How dare I marry how dare him? You? But for some reason it's okay for like every celebrity to marry someone like 20 years younger. Like, oh, Brad Pitt, he's amazing. Yeah, he can marry years. a girl 20 years younger. But it's and, like, like me. Feet shorter or taller. <laughs> for but you, for it's me, not okay. he's five and a half years younger, but I'm literally like the worst person on earth. Okay, anyway, so Dave, um, he was, I think, 15 or I think he was 15 or 16 at the time, maybe 15. I don't remember if he was 16. And I was like 21. So I will Whoa. confess that when we went there the first time, I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember ever meeting yeah. him. He remembers seeing me and he remembers, but it wasn't like we were so far apart in age at that time as far as like seasons of life that there was just absolutely nothing. But our family- I mean, he was a boy still was, and you were like he a, was woman. a boy. <laughs> I was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, you were a woman. And I was and like was so like, giant, like a giant woman. <laughs> he, was, he was a teenager. And he was a teenager. So obviously there was nothing there. And I actually had my eyes on a different guy who went to that church as well. Okay, my story's getting way too long. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I just surrender just part didn't, already. I just didn't even think about him. Okay, so long story short, I am, you know, I end up being totally single. The guy was interested and that doesn't work out. We share so much about this in our books, but particularly not part of the plan. Trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. It may sound serious. But y'all, we could put like all the goods in there, like all of these stories, all of this fun, all of the serious, all of the surrender, the moments where you're just in bed, like, well, God, what are you doing? This is all in this practical application. So go to girldefined.com slash trust or get the free PDF download where you can really study it with us at girldefined.com slash book club. That's where you can get the free download and really dig deeper. Girldefined.com slash book club. So years go by. My family and Kristen, we end up all actually going to this church in Fredericksburg. And um, Dave's family is just like super nice to me. His sisters are like so kind, just as like welcoming us into the community. Mm-hmm. But my brother Tim, who's, uh, you know what, he's several years younger than me, him and Dave became friends because obviously they're like the same age, you know, and I'm just like <laughs> the old woman, grandma over here. And so Tim and Dave become friends. Um, Dave's family ends up moving up north um, for work and stuff like that. Dave ends up coming back and settling kind of like in the San Antonio area. And so he's kind of in the community. Several years go by to where now he is a legal adult. Okay. So now he's like. And the crowds go wild. The crowds go wild. He's like 22. And he, my brother Tim continues to invite him around to uh, these events, these parties, these gatherings that our family is having. And I can tell you, honestly, like I just did not notice him in that way. We were just like in different worlds, doing different things. I just viewed him as someone younger. But it wasn't until um, I was in my, I was literally 28 going on 29 at this point that I had come to this place of just like really surrendering my future to God, really surrendering my desire for marriage, my longing for what I thought that I wanted. I just you know, was like, God, you are you are good. Like, I believe that now. I truly believe that. I've been fighting this for so many years. Mm-hmm. You can read all about it and not part of the plan, but I really believe that you are good. And it was during that time of just surrender and really trusting that God had a good plan for my life and really surrendering the pen of my story to him and saying, God, I want you to write the story of my life. I don't want to write this anymore. It was in that time that I started to see life and a new way. And I just started to, I feel like God opened my eyes in a new way to maybe the people around me that I was just overlooking. And I always joke because I'm taller than Dave. So I was like literally (laughs) overlooking him. (laughs) I don't know if he listens to our podcast, but he probably won't like that joke. (laughs) Sorry, babe. Um, Because I'm taller than him too. Um, And so things like that, like I had to add my, uh, Kristen's making me laugh. Sorry. (laughs) I'm just dying. It's too much. Keep going. (laughs) 
We're just being like weirdos today. Um, we have coffee and it's late in the afternoon. I know, it's and true. so we are like squirrel brains. <laughs> yes. And we should probably start talking a little slower because I can barely understand okay. you. And I know you. <laughs> On all the podcasting apps, you can slow down the speed. Slow. You can make it half speed. So instead of messaging down. us saying talk slower, you've got the full you control, don't baby. Talk slower. Listen slower. Listen slower. <laughs> okay, go. And so, um, and so I don't even barely remember. I just remember I was overlooking him. <laughs> So, yeah, no, you were, you were talking about that point in your life where you were late 20s and yes. you were like, Lord, I surrender <clears throat> yeah. my dreams and plans. And you talk about that in the book, but you, it wasn't like an instantaneous thing. It had been years and years yeah. for you of like struggling, wrestling, sure. going to the word, praying, like crying out to God. You even went through a few really hard breakups yeah. between that time when you met Dave and when you actually married him yeah. years later. So it's like the dream and the hope like, oh, I, this might work out. And then it all comes crashing For down sure. again. So yeah. And we talked about this in previous chapters of the book study and in the book. Um, so you'll see one recently on a breakup. Um, you'll yeah. see if you go back through the episodes, we have multiple episodes on singleness. You'll see Christian's story. Um, Dave and I have shared our love story on the podcast. So go back and look at the previous episodes so you can get caught up. But yeah, that's where I was. I was in this place of like really surrendering. I had struggled for so long through really hard breakups, um, just really like wrestling and just feeling like life is not what I thought it would Mm -hmm. be. This is not part of the plan. This is not what I wanted. Um, And so it kind of came to that point of feeling like, you know what, God? I am willing to live life as a single if that's what you want. And I am willing to serve you and live for you in whatever way you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to do things the way that, you know, I think that they need to be done. Um, and I'm not here, you know, to make my name great. You know, I'm not here to get all the things that I want anymore. I'm not here to gain all the accolades and praise. Like, I'm not here to build up my kingdom. Like, I realize now that I'm here to build your kingdom and to point others to you. I realize that my life purpose is to glorify you and live for you. And if you have marriage in my future, Mm -hmm. my purpose remains the same, that I am here to build your kingdom and to point others to you. And if I remain, you know, single, get married, whatever my life season is, I am here to glorify you. And that's something Kristen and I have both learned throughout all of the different seasons and hardships that we've gone through. Like we are here to glorify God however he sees fit. And it wasn't like this magical moment. Like I came and surrendered to the Mm -hmm. Lord and then he brought the man, like not at all. But I think my eyes of just what, like they were open, like of what I desired in a husband and what I wanted, I think that just changed. And so for me, to be totally honest, marrying someone who was shorter than me back in the day would have been like hard, fast deal breaker. Like, are you kidding? No way. Must be taller. Must look like this. Boom, 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 you know? But as I really started to surrender my heart to God and realize like my life is about building his kingdom, things like Dave being shorter than me really became a non-issue because I was like, why does that matter? What's the big deal? Like if we, if we make a better team for God together than apart, like who cares if I'm an inch and a half or two inches taller and look really tall because I'm already a girl, you know, like that doesn't matter. Who cares if I'm five and a half years older than him? If we truly make a team better together than apart, Mm -hmm. then like, shouldn't that be my primary desire? And shouldn't that be what fuels my interest in a guy anyways? Mm -hmm. And so those were all the work works that the Lord was doing in my heart that brought me to the place of actually being interested in Dave. And I don't think for either of us, we would have been interested in the other person if we hadn't really chose to surrender to the Lord and want to live for him because neither of us were just on each other's radars. Like we were just in different places in life, but it was through that surrender that I think God really brought us together. Mm -hmm. And so Dave one day showed up to a party and he had gotten a haircut and I thought he was looking really good. And I can tell you... (laughs) 
<laughs> the sound effects. The sound effects. It was that day that I feel like, I truly feel like God opened my eyes to him. Like, I don't, it was the the haircut just, it made him seem like a more grown-up man. Like, he went from boy to man just with a haircut. And you had never thought of him in a romantic way never. until that moment never. when you walked in with that new haircut? Absolutely not. That is crazy. It's weird, because, like, with you and Zach, you yes. noticed him, like, immediately. Yeah. Like, it was more like the infatuation was the yes. first thing. it was like his haircut was already there day one. <laughs> <laughs> with Dave, it was like the opposite. It was like we had kind of started to become friends. He was mostly my younger brother's friend. We had had a few conversations, but literally absolutely nothing. Like zero crush, zero interest, zero anything. He was literally just like another guy at a party. Mm-hmm. And so when he got that haircut, though, it was like literally a light switched on. And it was just like, whoa, like you, I don't know. I feel like he just grew up in my mind. And all of a sudden I was talking to this like grown up man rather than like this boy that was Timothy's friend, you know? So that's what happened. And, um, you know, even through that relationship, Dave didn't express interest in me Mm. for like, it was like at least a year and a half, maybe two years from the point that I started to notice him, which I actually journal all of my thoughts. I journaled all my thoughts. And so did Dave during this whole process of like trying to figure out him, trying to figure out if he should express interest, me trying to surrender my feelings for him. Both of us were journaling at this time. And I actually share those journal entries in our book, Not Part of the Plan. So if you want an inside glimpse into like, what did the heart struggle actually look like? Like I, for word for word, took those journal entries and put them in Not Part of the Plan in Mm -hmm. chapter eight. So you can go and read them and just be encouraged to know like you're not alone when you're struggling, when you're wondering like what's going on in his mind or what's it, you know, here's a peek behind behind the scenes of the raw and authentic way that people and Christians really struggle to trust God, struggle to know his will. And I can just tell you, I'm so grateful that Dave and I both were seeking the Lord. I wanted him to speak up a lot faster, but now when I can look back at his journal entries and see that he was like praying, he was seeking the Lord, he was seeking wisdom, Mm -hmm. and he he wasn't going to start pursuing me until he really felt like it was the right time and that God was really, you know, opening that door and that he was getting good, you know, direction and wisdom from mentors. And so he didn't. And for me, it was a lot of struggle of just surrendering Dave over and over and over again and saying, you know, if you want him with someone else, that's great. Like, I would love him and I think we'd make a great pair. But I'm not going to manipulate. I'm not going to do things my way. I'm not going to force this relationship. I'm going to let it happen if it's supposed to be. You can better believe that I was, you know, being his friend and being around and being friendly and making sure he knew I was available <laughs> and ready. Um, but I think it's that place of both of us surrendering that ultimately brought us together yeah. in the perfect time. And so one day he did. He one day, you know, asked me to be in a relationship with him. And it was full speed ahead from there. Bum, bum, ba, the bum. Bum, 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 bum. And so, yeah, you can read the rest of the story all about that in Not Part of the Plan. You can get that at girldefined.com slash trust. But what we really want to focus on for you is we know everyone has that thing like they want, whether it's mm-hmm. a relationship, a job, whatever that is, where you're like, oh, I just want this. Like, that's what Not Part of the Plan is all about. But what does that heart of surrender actually yeah. look like? So let's dig into that for you. Let's make that really personal for you. Yeah. And maybe just think right now. I'm sure you you were already thinking, but it's easy when you hear someone's story like Bethany on the other side of marriage, right? And I know I remember as a single hearing married women talk about like, oh, when I was single and it was so hard and you're thinking, well, you're married now. So like it, it was just easy for you, yeah. but it wasn't. It was sure. years and years of surrender, of trusting God, of actually not knowing for sure. if you were ever going to get married. And in fact, one of the um, the sections in this chapter and not part of the plan is titled, 
okay with never getting married. And you talk about how you came to the place where you genuinely before the Lord had to say, God, you truly are enough. I am okay. You are enough if I never get married. And for you, maybe you're married, maybe you're not. Maybe that is something that you're currently in, that season of struggle, that season of unfulfilled longing of crying out to God. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you're more in the season of a little bit later, married, but struggling to have kids, like the season that I find myself in. Or maybe it's something else, a health issue or a job or something with family. And for each one of us, we have to come to that place where we genuinely, before the Lord, are able to say, God, even if you never Mm. give me this, you are still enough. And one of the, the verses that we highlight in this chapter is from Luke 22, 42. And it is such a key verse of surrender because it's Jesus, who obviously is God's son, king of the world. He can make anything happen, but he is submitting to the father's will for his life. He is willing to go to the cross, even though he says to God, if it be your will, could you remove this cup? But if not, not my will, but yours be done. And word for word in this verse, Jesus literally says, not my will, but yours be done. And I think Jesus's example is such a beautiful, powerful, convicting picture of true surrender because here he is, God in flesh, saying, not my will, God, but yours be done. Even Jesus was coming to that place of surrender and trust in the Father. And that same place of surrender and trust in the Father is the place that God wants each one of us as his children to come to. And so I just want to read some of these things we wrote out in Not Part of the Plan. Maybe your cry right now is, God, I desire marriage so much. However, not my will, but yours be done. And that's the key. We bring our desires to God. Bethany brought this desire to God probably Mm -hmm. on the daily. I know the desires of my heart to this day that are still unfulfilled. I bring those to the Lord, but we can't end with God. You better give me this or else, or else you aren't good or else I won't serve you or else I'm going to, um, you know, live in a state of fear and anxiety because I want to control this. I want to change this. We say, God, I want this so much. However, not my will, but yours be done. Maybe your prayer is God. I love to get into that school. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, I'd love to have children. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, I'd love to adopt someday. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, I'd love to have my own place right now. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, I'd love to get that promotion. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, I'd love to serve you on the mission field overseas. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, please help me with that scholarship. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, change my circumstances. However, not my will, but yours be done. God, please, please answer this prayer. However, not my will, but yours be done. And as you heard me read those things, what was it that came to mind for you? Was it something in that list I read or is it something else? And do you feel that conviction of your loving father saying, bring that desire to me, bring it to me fully with open hands. Tell me the longings of your heart. But remember, I'm a good father. I love you. I have plans for your life that may not be according to your plan, but they're according to my plan and my good purposes and my kingdom. Trust me with those. Be willing to say, God, not my will, but yours be done. So living a surrendered life to God ultimately means that he comes above anyone 
and everything in life, whether you're single, married, with children, without, retired, or anything else, the purpose of each of our lives should be to glorify God. And this is going to be a little bit of a quicker episode. We're going to wrap things up here, but I just want to share with you a prayer that was written by a missionary several decades ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was a missionary who penned a prayer, having no idea that within, I think it was only a few months later, um, she was martyred for her faith, meaning she was killed for her faith in yeah. Christ. Um, I think both her and her husband. Um, and so that, that's the level of surrender that ultimately is like the ultimate sacrifice. That's what Jesus did. Yeah. He made the ultimate sacrifice. He surrendered to the, you know, to the point of death, even death on the cross, which scripture talks about. And he, he came to that point of saying, God, I want your will above everything else, even if it means death on a cross, something that is so mm-hmm. impossibly excruciating to even imagine. That's the w- level of surrender. And there are some people in this world who it's just totally the power of God in them that they yes. are able to come to that same place of saying, God, I am willing to give up my life for you. I mean, most of us are probably never going to have to face that reality of actually giving up our life. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's those daily things that are so hard. And we just, yeah. we don't, we say, God, I would die for you. But what about that daily thing? Are you willing to surrender that idea of a relationship? Are you willing to surrender those things to truly live for him right now? And so Betty Scott Stam, the missionary and martyr, penned this a few short months before she died. And it says, Lord, I give up my own plans and purposes, all my own desires, hopes, and ambitions, and I accept your will for my life. I give up myself, my life, my all utterly to you to be yours forever. I hand over to your keeping all of my friendships, all the people whom I love are to take second place in my heart. Fill me now and seal me with your spirit. Work out your whole will in my life at any cost, for to me to live is Christ. Amen. Now, I want you to make that your own prayer. I really encourage you to go and get the free study guide um, for the book club over at girldefined.com slash book club. I think this prayer is included, or you can just grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan so that you can have this prayer on hand. But y'all, make this your prayer. Make this your prayer as well. Write it out. Put it in your Bible. Put it on your mirror because this can be the cry of your heart too. Like you can make this. God, I give up all my plans and purposes. I I give up all my desires, hopes, and ambitions, and I want your will above all else. Like we don't have the strength in, within us to make that our reality, but we can ask God. Like God, help me to want this. Help me to desire this. Help me to make this prayer genuine for me. And the power of the Holy Spirit within you can help you to truly long to live that surrendered life exactly where you are. So. I just want you to know that we are praying for you. And that's the entire reason we wrote Not Part of the Plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story, because we know how difficult it is. We know how hard it is to trust God right where he has you. No matter how big or small that aspect of trust seems, it's hard. And so I encourage you to take that next step of reading Not Part of the Plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. Like, don't go a year or two years continuing in this struggle. Take, you know, spare $12, spare two lattes out of your, you know, your next week and buy this book because it will wrap change your life. We spend money on so many other things, but then when it comes to our spiritual life, like we're not willing to set aside the time or investment, but it's so important. Whenever I've done that, it's been so life-changing. So I encourage you, set aside whatever you need to, to, to invest into this resource to change your life. And I think that you will read this book. And then I think on the other side, you're going to look back and see how much freedom you have to live that surrendered life and trust in God. It's been so fun chatting with you today. Um, I can't wait to see you again next week, and we will see you there.